Van my name Got the hottest chick in the game Wearing my chain That's right, ho Not D.O.C. But similar to them letters No one can do it better I check cheddar like a food inspector My homie Strick told me Dude, finish your breakfast So that's your- Welcome to the No BS DFS Podcast. My name's Nick, here with my partner and co-host Joe. Today we are covering the Honda Classic. It's at PGA National. It's uh, redesigned by Jack Nicholas about 15 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, I don't know. It's par 70, and uh, it's going to be a fun week. I really like the Honda. Keith Mitchell's defending champion. Made a super clutch putt last year to um, not have to go in a playoff with Fowler and Kepka. So, congrats to Keith on last year's victory. And then, congrats to Patrick Reed on last week's win at WGC Mexico. So, today we're going to start off by recapping how we did at the WGC. And yeah, I made a bold move to fade the big names and except for Dustin, it was a horrible choice. Um, they peppered the leaderboard. Rory was up there, Rom, JT, and uh, Hideki, he was kind of up there. But, wow, it was, it was a great tournament, a great Sunday, probably the most exciting Sunday we've had all year. It sucked I wasn't in contention, but, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. I probably shouldn't have spent as much money as I did, but I was coming off a hot week at – uh, the Genesis, so I thought it would carry over, but yeah, I, I had a shitty week, but Joe, how did you do? All right, so yeah, it was definitely the best turn of the year. I had a great week, um, but besides that, just as a fan, even if you don't didn't have any bets, I mean, it was just like you mentioned, coming down the stretch on Sunday, what an exciting, you know, every hole, you know, a guy could birdie or he could double bogey it was just very and and I could you know the pressure was getting to a a lot of the guys and you know it just was very intense I mean you know you didn't know there was six guys seven guys still that could win it after nine holes and then obviously it started to really you know whittle down to a few guys at the end Um, and obviously Patrick Reed came through which I had a really good week um, but I didn't have Patrick Reed at all in any of my lineups which is crazy but you know, obviously what, you know, now I'm thinking, what if, if I would have had him, then I, you know, could have been a lot more, but anyway, as far as my, my week, uh, yeah, definitely my highest profit a week of the year so far. I'm very pumped, uh, you know, and cause I had a lot of shares of, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, DeChambeau who finished runner up, uh, just couldn't quite, you know, he, he bogeyed, I believe, uh, was the 17th you know, three putt or whatever. And Patrick Reed got hot, uh, you know, 15, 16, 17, birdied three holes in a row and just that, you know, uh, and then the 18th, he bogeyed, but it didn't matter. He still won by a stroke on DeChambeau. But yeah, I mean, you know, Bryson kind of on the back nine on Saturday, you know, he kind of gave a lot of shots back after he was, was, you know, had a great round the round before and was really looking like, and then JT too. I mean, it was looking like he was going to win or, uh, and then after round one, Rory, but, um, yeah, as far as the other guys I had, why I was so successful is I had a lot of shares of Rom, who, you know, he finished third. So I had second on one lineup. My best lineup this week scored 621 and a half points on DraftKings. Uh, I had Bryson DeChambeau, John Rom, Paul Casey, Abe Anser, 
Carlos Ortiz and Eric Van Royen, which, you know, I didn't have the winner, but, uh, you know, Van Royen, obviously, like I was, I remember in the podcast, I said those guys below 7K, there was some, you know, uh, interesting plays and some darts to, you know, go for. And I decided to go with all in on Ortiz and Van Royen. And wow, did it work out. Van Royen, you know, even he, it was contention at the end. Um, he ended up finishing tied for third. And Carlos Ortiz, uh, you know, fellow, uh, the crowd was roaring for him and Abe Answer like it was Tiger playing. It was crazy. But uh, he finished T16, Answer T12, KC11. So, I mean, yeah, there was no cuts, and it's only like a, you know, under 70-player field or whatever. But, yeah, I, my team was – this is my best team as far as my other teams. Um, you know, they – I had – most of my teams placed, uh, but this team won me the most amount of money in this $9 GPP out of uh, 5,228 entries, I finished fourth place. And down the stretch there, honestly, it was looking like I was going to take first. But uh, I didn't have the winner. So you got to have the winner. And, you know, I'm still very happy with the week. I, uh, you know, very profitable week for me. Um, I finished fourth in the 40K slice, 5K to first. So probably figure out how much I won. But it was definitely a big week for me and I'm really looking forward to this week uh, obviously you know the field's a lot weaker but it's still a good tournament and you know we're getting to the heart of the golf season now and we got the players in a few weeks and then you know all the majors will start going PGA Championship followed by the Masters U.S. Open and British Open so you know a lot of golf yet this year a lot of exciting fun tournaments so but other than that yeah just uh you know very good week for me and hopefully we both can find success this week so let's just jump right into it so yeah like you mentioned we are in pj national tournament honda classic in palm beach gardens florida par 70 like you said um but i just wanted to add on that the last three years the winner this course is one of the toughest courses uh you know and and as far as especially because it's you know a lot of times it's very windy here which this week looks like this winds are going to be a factor once again um as far as the weather this week early as of now early in the week it's going to be sunny but 15 mile an hour winds on average uh so you know um it's just gonna definitely be tough for the players uh and there's a ton of hazards here you got you know all kinds of bunkers um and water all over the place and Obviously, the reason why this course is one of the toughest on tour, uh, you know, this tournament um, is because, you know, you got the bear trap, which is one of the toughest whole uh, three hole stretches in golf. And then arguably, if you look at the fourth, fifth and sixth hole at this course, I believe that's a really tough stretch there, too. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough week to score for these players with these conditions and just the course itself. Um but, yeah, like I was saying, the last three years, the winning score was minus eight last year, minus nine the year before that, and minus 12 the year before that. So, obviously, you know, very, uh, you know, it's going to be very tough to score. And, honestly, when I get into the stats, you'll see what I like this week, where I'm really heavily. But, yeah, um, it's going to be a fun week regardless. Uh, so, other than that, I guess we can just get right into the uh, key stats. I'll let you start off. Okay. What's the stats you're liking this week? Yeah, so just one more thing to add before I get into that is uh, 
this is the beginning of the Florida swing. So just, just, uh, take everything that happened this year with a grain of salt. Um, you know, it's, it's different grass. It's different, uh, grass on the greens. Now it's all Bermuda, whereas previously it was basically all POA. So, um, some guys are just Florida, you know, they're just, they're, uh, Florida studs and they're duds everywhere else. So just, just, uh, Keep an eye out for that, and don't be surprised if somebody who's got a couple missed cuts going into this week ends up popping for a good tournament. But anyways. yeah, first East Coast, uh, East Co- before we go on here, first East Coast event we got, I believe, this year. So yeah, definitely interesting. But go yeah, ahead. yeah, I'm not looking forward to those like 8 a.m. tea times because then you know by the time it's noon, the morning wave's already done and it's not even on TV. So that's always a little disappointing, but. That's all right. And, uh, yeah, you said it's the home of the infamous bear trap. So super tough course, obviously. And, uh, another thing that I noticed real quick is that anyone, and I highlighted anyone can miss the cut here. So don't feel the need to spend all your salary this week. Um, you know, basically go with the guys you like because. Oh yeah, exactly. One hole. Uh, one hole and you know you can triple bogey one hole um there's a lot of you know just hit it in the water twice in a row so I totally yes, agree with you there you can, your tournament can be done in one hole you know or a couple holes so yeah and uh the last few years or so i've seen rory's missed the cut here ricky's missed it brooks has missed it you know nobody's safe actually there was only two guys in this field who have made the cut here all of the last four years. And those two guys are Gary Woodland, who, you know, he's obviously priced up there, and uh, Scott Brown. So don't feel like anybody's a lock this week and really dig in for yourself and try to find guys you like. But anyways, uh, the stats that I like is my favorite stat is going to be course history because – I just, I want to uh, really take into account that, hey, this is Florida now. This ain't the West Coast. So um, I feel like that's going to be really important. And yeah, this course is kind of unlike any other because it's a lot of uh, strategies involved because a lot of times you can't really pull out the driver on, you know, maybe four or five holes just because there's, there's water if you hit it that far so you kind of got to lay yeah, you got to lay up yeah. exactly and so yeah course history is my my most important stat but then my next important stats that i still like is i'm always a recent form guy i just kind of believe hey if, if you're swinging the club good you're gonna keep swinging it good and then uh total driving which if you don't know what that is that's just the the rank of driving accuracy and driving distance added up and Obviously, the lower your total driving score, the better you are. So, um, yeah. And then some other stats that I'm going to just uh, take small, small stake in is uh, strokes gained approach. I always like that one. Scrambling and par four scoring because uh, there's only two par fives here. So that means that par fours are more important. So, yeah. I guess those are my stats. Joe, you looking at anything I didn't say? Oh, yeah, I got plenty here. Uh, but I totally agree with you with everything you said. Um, but I, I dove a little deeper um, as far as the stats because I am going to weigh it pretty heavily this week. 
far as who I'm liking, and obviously going my gut and form and course history and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, as far as me, you know, I totally agree with you on the strokes gain approach. That's definitely key here. I mean, these greens, uh, you know, they're not too, they're definitely not the biggest greens by any means. Uh, and there's obviously, there's bunkers surrounding a lot of them. You got a lot of water hazards all over the place, um, you know, so obviously, you know, you really want to be dialing with your irons. Um, then other than that, we got, uh, obviously, I definitely am weighing in on driving accuracy because, you know, you got to um, set your, uh, you know, set yourself up well for your, uh, you know, your approach shot um, to obviously try to score at very least, at least, you know, par will be a good score probably a lot on a lot of holes this week. There's definitely some opportunities, though, to, you know, where you'll want to make birdie. Um, you know, for example, probably the, the second hole, par five, I believe that one, you know, that one's definitely an opportunity. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, honestly, though, I'm going to put an emphasis on this. I know you touched on it, but I think scrambling and, and actually to even near closer, sand save percentage is huge because, you know, it's the difference between, um, you know, because it's going to be huge to if you're hit, you know, you're deep in the sand, and, you know, um, and, you know, getting up and down for par rather than, you know, bogeying from there or whatever. That's just going to be crucial, you know, those shots to um, not lose them because uh, this is, you know, going to play tough this week. So I just really think if you're, you know, playing well, you're scrambling, as long as obviously the accuracy, it's really just, you know, obviously as long as you're not hitting in the water and obviously you want to give yourself opportunities. So you definitely want to try to, you know, obviously dial in close to the hole and stuff like that. But if you know, pretty much everyone's going to end up in a bunker at some point. Uh, there's just too many of them and you know so it's just you got to be able to play out of it well this week so I really you know highly on that so that includes strokes gain around the green as well you know it's definitely important this week once again Um, and then the biggest one that I'm really weighing heavily these are the tougher tournaments I really love this stat bogey avoidance I think that's huge because the guys that because honestly, par is going to be a really good score on a lot of these holes. So I just think if, you know, if you can avoid the bogeys, you're going to stay up on that leaderboard because all it takes is for you to have one really solid round, like maybe, you know, four or five under round or something. And then the rest of your rounds, you're around even par on come Sunday, you're going to be right up there. Likely, like I mentioned how the winner the last few years has been around, you know, eight, nine, 10 under. So yeah, that's all I got for stats, but, uh, you know, definitely a lot of things to look at this week, though. Should be an exciting tournament. For sure. I, I couldn't agree more. And then kind of with those bunkers, I was watching some some uh, old footage of, like, old tournaments here, like 2018, 2019, Tiger. And with those bunkers, like, some of them are super easy to get out of just because you got green to work with. It slopes right towards the hole. It's just these pros are so good. All of them can hit it, and it's going to you know be within three feet for a tap-in. But then there's other bunkers where it's like, man, if you're not an extremely good bunker player, you have no chance of getting up and down because you got to get the ball to stop on a dime or otherwise it's rolling you know, 15, 20 feet by. So. Yeah, bunker game is going to be really important, I think, too. But I guess with that said, we can uh, get into the DFS slate. So, 
Joe, I'm going to turn it over to you. We're going to do what you, do what we did uh, last time and do 9K and above. Okay. So, yeah, as far as my picks, pretty straightforward, honestly. Obviously, uh, you know, we got a lot of – there's not a whole – I mean, the field's not, you know, a lot weaker this week, but there's still some studs up here. Um, but my favorite plays right away, like you mentioned, right away he pops, you know, in his ownership. I don't know. I'm – you know, if it's lower than what I think it should be or whatever else later this week, then I really like them. I mean, regardless, because I honestly don't – ownership, I don't really care about a whole lot unless – it's kind of just based on, you know, like the value of the player's price maybe and then how much the ownership might be or how much I think it'll be. You know, that sometimes will sway my decision if it's a close one between a couple of guys. But my favorite play that pops out completely, you already mentioned his name, Gary Woodland at – 10,300. I mean, what else can you say? You know, the guy has never missed a cut here in the last four years. And I believe in the last three years, T36, T49, and T2. So it's not like it's great, but he's he's one of the only one of two guys, like you said, um, that's not missed the cut here recently. So, yeah, I just also just kind of a gut feel. And I just think you know, last week he showed it. He's starting to get back into a little – you know, finished 12th at the WGC Mexico. And, honestly, this is a shorter course. I mean, it's only, you know, uh, around 7,700 yards, which really isn't that long. Um, obviously, there's a lot of hazards. So that's what's going to cause them issues in the winds. But, yeah, Gary Woodland has been known, uh, especially recently, to play well at these shorter courses. So I just really – and, you know, he checks the boxes, I mean, that I'm looking at. He's, you know, he's very sound in driving accuracy most of the time. You know, his ball striking's there. You know, um, you know he's solid just every, every stat. Strokes gained approach recently, you know, and scrambling. So, and bogey avoidance is the big one that I really like, and he's right up at the top on that. So, and honestly, just, you know, like I said, he's starting to get into form a little bit. Um and this is the type of tournament that he can easily, you know, win, I feel like. And he's just my favorite play, honestly, because, you know, I'll get into my fades in a minute. But I also, another guy I really like that, you know, I, it's a little early in the week. And, you know, I'm going to give you guys a lot of my favorite plays right now. And some of them might change a touch, obviously, coming closer. But uh, based on this, though, Tommy Fleetwood, I love at 11-6. He's the most expensive guy. But if I can fit him in with some of these lower guys, I'm going to because the guy absolutely ball strikes the hell out of the ball. And last week, the WGC Mexico, T18, which is pretty solid. I mean, he could have finished better. He just kind of, you know, didn't play. I mean, he played decent. Basically, he shot a 70, 69, 76. So just, you know, pretty solid golf all around. It got him a decent finish. But Fleetwood also has good history. I mean, he hasn't played here a ton recently, but he, you know, finished like a top five finish a couple of years ago. And, you know, this field's obviously a lot weaker. And I just think this is the type of tournament he could easily win if his irons are absolutely dialed in and checks a lot of the boxes. Same thing where, you know, he can scramble well. Um, and strokes gain approach, obviously, be right up there in this field. And then, uh, you know, same thing, bogey avoidance. I think the guy's just going to contend, I feel like, this week. So he's the most expensive, obviously, which, you know, is a little surprising, to be honest, that he's the highest, though. Uh, you know, I could see Fowler or Brooks being ahead of him because this is one of Fowler's tracks. 
which just to get right into it, my fades are those two guys. I know it's kind of bold. I'm fading Brooks Kepka and I'm fading Fowler. The reason for Brooks is he's just not he's not with it right now. And come come around to the majors, uh, you know, he's going to be ready to – I'm going to want to play him a lot more in a few weeks from now, um, you know, especially. But I just think – I do think there's a chance that he just absolutely dominates this league somehow. If he just comes out of nowhere and really wants to win, he definitely could easily kind of win by several strokes against everyone if he really – but I just don't see it. I mean, I just think it's an easy fit. You're paying eleven thousand two hundred when I could pay a thousand less for Woodland or nine hundred. You know, so just an easy uh, pivot there. And then Fowler, obviously, last year second place. You know, he won a few years ago, I believe in twenty seventeen. But I just, it's the same thing where. You know, the last tournament, he hasn't played a whole lot recently. He missed the cut of the Farmers, which he always struggles there. I faded. That was an easy fade. You know, Waste Management is one of his top tracks, and he finished 37th. Like, that's not for his caliber. That, you know, that wasn't great. So, I just – he hasn't been playing enough. I feel like he's just not quite there right now either. And just same thing where there's some other guys that are a lot cheaper that I like more that I'll get into. But, yeah, he's a fade for me as well. You know, it's a bold fade, and it's just because I think people are going to want to play him, and I'd rather play Woodland because I think Woodland could win. You know, he's an outright pick I might be betting on. Um, To get into the rest of the guys, though, um, here's my other guy I really like as well. I love Shane Lowry. Now, he hasn't played here much. I believe he played two here – Two years ago, he finished like T40 something, uh, I believe T49. But, you know, he recently, though, like just showing at the WGC, you know, he finished 29th last week, um, which is, you know, decent for not for his first time back in, you know, these uh, American tournaments this year. And before that, he was he uh, had some solid finishes uh, in the Euro Tour, which doesn't say much. You know, the fields are a lot weaker over there, but. Still, I just think because the wins, Shane Lowry's the type of player that can surprise. He's a winner. He's won some tough tournaments like this one. And at 9,100, I just think, you know, he could be really low owned. And, uh, you know, and he's a grind player. Like the winds are gusting out here and all these hazards and what, you know, all this stuff going on. I just think he can easily sneakily stay up at the top. So I do like Shane Lowry. And as far as the rest of the range, I won't talk about everyone. Um, I kind of like, just because, which he has some solid finishes here. I'm thinking about Louie this week at 9,700. You know, I don't, it's not, I'm not sure yet about him, to be honest. But I do kind of like him. Because um, I just think no one's going to want to play him, you know, last week pretty bad week i mean 51st out of you know like i said under 70 player field that's pretty bad at, at a caliber tournament like that but you know this is a lot weaker field he could easily finish in the top 10 and just have it because honestly in his history here um in the last three years he uh you know has some solid uh finishes like um just trying to look T24 and T27 in 2018 and 2017 are right around there. So, obviously, you know, he can play here and 
you know, I just think he'll be the lowest owned guy in this range, and I think he could easily compete. So I like him. But other than that, everyone's going to look right at Hovland. Let's be honest. I mean, the guy won last week at the Puerto Rico. You know, he's a young gun player. He checks all the boxes. And it, and it's not that I don't like him. He's not a fade for me. I do kind of like him. I might play him on a – because I'm not sure how many lineups I'm going to make, which last week I made, like, under 10, which this week I probably am going to not make that many again because I might spend more and go for these bigger GPPs, uh, less entry play, uh, players probably. But anyway, so Hovland might make a couple teams for me, might not. I haven't tried to construct any lineups yet. But I see why you got, you know, right away he's going to pop. So, you know, I like him somewhat. And then the rest of the guys in this range, I'm not I – mean, um, they're just kind of – I'm just not really interested. I don't really have to explain why. Just one guy, I'll quick run down. Rose at 9,900. Just not playing great so far this year. It's just hard to trust him. I mean, I don't know. I, I might – it's just hard to trust him. You know, he hasn't played well at all. Um, and he hasn't played a lot either. So I just don't know what's going on with him right now. And at that price, when I can go a lot cheaper for Lowry, you know, I just like him more. Um, and just, I like a lot of other guys that are even way cheaper that we'll get into in the next ranges. But yeah, I just, I'm not, I don't think I, and then the other guys, I won't mention, you know, there are a few more, but they're just, I'm not interested in them. And then the last guy I do want to talk about is Van Royen, which, you know, last week, a huge diamond in the rough for me. Uh, you know, he competes in these tough fields. He's been known uh, at nine, but he's got priced way up. Obviously, it's a weaker field at 9000 But I just, that's kind of the why. He just finished second last week. Everyone might go to him now. So I'm just, I'm just, I don't think I'm going to be able to play him, even though he really pops again. I mean, I might play him. I, I got to look more into it. You know, I don't, I don't give you, you know, if you want to play him, I don't have a problem with it, but I just, my favorite plays though, or, you know, to just uh, recap here is Shane Lowry at this time, Fleetwood and Woodland. Those are the three guys I'm going to try to pair as of now with some cheaper guys that we'll get into later. But yeah, that's all I got, Nick. I know it took a while, but uh, what's your uh, take on the 9K and above range this week? Yeah, so I'm definitely going to proceed with caution just because, like I said earlier, anybody can miss the cut here. So I'm not going to take nothing for granted. And uh, with that said, um, I am willing to take a gamble on Ricky Fowler at 10-8 because, well, for one, he hasn't played in about a month. And two is he was undergoing a swing change the last, you know, when we last saw him for those few weeks at, uh, let's see, at Phoenix and the Farmers. That's where he was undergoing a swing change. So, you know, fast forward a month later, he might be settled into that change, and now he feels ready to rock and roll. And uh, if not, you know, he's got the course history to back it up too. So I actually do really like Ricky Fowler. I feel like he <laughs> might be underowned, but then again, I might be stupid for ever saying Ricky Fowler will be underowned. But uh, yeah, so Fowler is probably one of my favorite plays. And then uh, okay, interesting. I also I also like Sung J M. I mean, hey, the guy's a cut maker, and I, the goal here is just to make the damn cut. So because anybody can win this tournament, you know. There's been a for example, like Keith Mitchell last year, Russell Henley's won this thing 
old man Padre Harrington won it like five years ago. So, I mean, really anybody can win. It's not necessarily going to be one of the top names like it usually is. But, yeah, I, I like Sung J.M. I just feel safe with him that he's going to make the cut for me. And, you know, who knows, maybe he pops this time. But I guess I couldn't say either way. Um, then at 9,200, Billy Ho. He's a Florida boy, and I'm sure he loves this track. He's probably played it ever since he was five years old, and uh, he, he's in good form. I mean, he got ninth place at Mexico and ninth place at Phoenix, his last two events. So, shit, I mean, that's really solid form. And then uh, he's got course history here, too. He's gotten last four years, he's gotten eighth, fourth, and then missed cut, and then 16th. So, hey, three out of four years, he got 16th or better. So, yeah, I'm liking some Billy Ho this week. And uh, I was actually really impressed with this game, watching him on TV. I mean, his his irons can get can get hot, and um, he's not the longest guy off the tee, but he holds his own, and I feel like he's got the game to, to do it at Honda. And then uh, – yeah, the rest of this range is kind of scary. Obviously, I like Gary Woodland. Um, I feel really good about him making the cut, too. He could win this thing. Uh, like I said earlier, he's one of two guys that's never missed a cut here in the last four years. So I'm liking Woodland. And then for my fades, well, I, I also like Fleetwood, too. Um, I feel like he's definitely overpriced, but... Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I feel like he's going to make the cut, so... And, and I also kind of feel like there's not that much of a difference between these low 8Ks and low 7Ks. So I guess saving salary there, I really don't even care about. So, yeah, I like Fleetwood. But then uh, my fades is uh, Justin Rose just because he's, like you said, he's not in good form. And if you're not in good form, this isn't going to be the course where you just all of a sudden get it back because this course is just a bitch. It's too hard. And you're going to struggle out there. So I wouldn't be surprised if Rose misses the cut. And then I'm just not a Louie guy at 9,700 because I'm just scared he's going to withdraw. Hovland, I don't give two shits that he beat some some schmucks at Puerto Rico. I mean, most of those guys don't even qualify for, like, the PGA or the players or anything. So that doesn't impress me at all. I don't care. Um yeah, you kind of convinced me on Shane Lowry. I forgot that it's going to be windy here, and he's a good wind player, and uh, he's a grinder. Um, he's, a, he's a good iron player, and I guess he just usually seems to win when it's a tough condition. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see Shane up there come the weekend. And uh, then one more play that I am kind of interested in is Eric Van Royen. He's coming in with nice form, and he said – in his interview, he is really looking forward to playing the PGA Tour full-time. So um, I feel like he's definitely overpriced, and I'm skeptical of it. But I'll definitely throw him in on a few teams. If you're making one, I probably wouldn't play him. But if you're making, you know, 10-plus, you might as well throw him 10 20% of your lineups. And then uh, I guess we'll steer things to the uh, – 8k range so joe kick us off there all right so yeah i like this range quite a bit i mean you know i don't have a i guess like you mentioned oh yeah the 7 and 8k range there's not a whole lot of difference uh 
as far as like uh, yeah. you know the talent of the players and just you know what they could do this week and so forth and based on just also who I like you know I like about basically around the same amount of guys in each range but anyway as far as the 8k range yeah I mean I like some guys in this range for sure uh you got you can't ignore this guy Daniel Berger at 8900 obviously right now great form um you know his last two tournaments Pebble Beach Pro Am so finished fifth place and then you know a week before that two weeks before that the waste management finished ninth and then even before that I mean in January you know a couple more solid finishes so Berger at 8,900 you know he's a good iron player especially as of late you know his ball striking's there and he checks a lot more boxes for me and obviously just playing really well in great form and not only that his history here is very uh you know it's decent um Two of the last three years, T36 and T29, so he's making the cut here. And maybe uh, his form, or based on how he's – I feel like he's playing better than he has in the last several years. Um, so, uh, you know, as far as that being said, I think he could even contend this week, uh, you know, because he's playing lights out right now lately. So you can't ignore that. I'm not saying he's my favorite play in this range just because I'm worried about everyone kind of going to him. Uh, you know, I don't want to weigh that heavily, but sometimes I just kind of, you know, have to a little bit. Got to have, you know, have that, uh, 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 you know, head on the field as far as that's being said, um, like the leverage of ownership. So another guy, though, I like, like I was gave a take on Lowry. I mean, he hasn't played here much, but he's starting to really get into form, it looks like. I know the Euro Tour isn't, you know, nothing to be said, but. I just still I have a feeling about him maybe as Ian Poulter at eighty five hundred. Um, you know, I think he could do well this week. Uh he's not gonna pop out on all his stats. It's just mainly because he hasn't played really on this you know, this is his first tournament actually, uh, this year playing over here in the US, so you know, but I kinda like him at eighty five hundred. I he might make if I make, you know, five to ten teams he might make a couple uh you know he's a grinder and with these conditions i think he can do well um and then a couple more guys or actually really just one more it looks like charles howell's out this week but uh i like Corey connors at 8200 um you know the only time he played here in 2018, we leave T59, so he made the cut. But obviously this guy, you know, he can ball strike. And obviously lately, if you look, you know, his form, he was really hot in January, and then he kind of, you know, tilted off a little bit. And then he played actually in the WGC last week and finished 50th, so obviously not great. But it's a really tough field and whatever else. This is obviously a lot weaker field, and I think this sets up well for him just because his irons, you know, and – um, I just I mean, he checked some other boxes for me, so I just kind of like Corey Connors at 8,200. You know, he might make a few teams for sure. Um, you know, that being said, it's just mainly this range, there's a lot of guys I'm going to be fading, but then I also got to say, one of my potential favorite plays of the week, actually. I, I'm you know, it's a little early yet to for sure decide this, but JT Poston at 8,600. Um, last two years here, I believe he. You know, finished T36 and T27. So I just – and not only that, I mean, obviously, lately, too, in great form. 
Um, the last three tournaments he's played at the American Express, 37th, Waste Management, 37th, and Genesis, 30th. So no top 10s to be had, but he's still posting solid finishes. And that's, you know, if he did that this week, a 30th place, that would be, you know, these, I mean, that'd be fine. I mean, still wouldn't, you know, have a good week if he did that for me. Um, so I just, you know, and I just think he's, I just, he just sets up well, I feel like, and he checks a lot of boxes, and I feel good about him. So I might, he might make some teams as well. But other than that, you know, a lot of people might look at Ryan Palmer, but you know what? I think he's more of a West Coast guy. And lately, you can see that he was really hot to start January, and then he's kind of cooled off. And I don't know. I just think he's probably just honestly a bold take, maybe, but I think he might miss the cut. He's missed the cut here before. He's had some good finishes as well. And, you know, obviously, he's usually really good as far as driving accuracy. But yeah, I just. I think he's a fade for me. Um, other than that, a lot of people, I'm not sure on this guy yet, to be honest, but Luke List at 8,000, he's been playing really well to start off this year, so I'm sure a lot of people might want to play him. Um, he's had some really good finishes here, too. I'm just not sure yet with him. But other than that, all the other guys are just easy fades on well, I don't want to say Ahn's an easy fade, but Neiman is, again, I just never can play that guy. Just most volatile player in the PGA Tour, and he's not really even playing that great. So, you know, he's just an easy fade, too. And then uh, Schwartzel's a fade for me. Grillo's probably a fade. And I guess that's it for this range, really. So, yeah, that's really all I got. Um, I'll have a lot more to talk about in the next range. But, yeah, Nick, go ahead and give us your take on this one. Yeah, so I'm probably going to be trying to avoid this range just because I feel like they're way worse than the 9K and aboves, and the 7Ks are basically just as good as these guys. So I'm really not going to be playing this range very much, but I like the two guys at the top at 89 and 8,800, Berger and on. And I know you touched on Berger. He's just he's playing really good, and uh, he was like a top, 25 player in the world a couple of years ago and then he had some setbacks and maybe was in a slump but looks like he might be coming out of that so I, uh, I like Daniel Berger and then Ben on uh, he had some baby swag the other week and uh, after I think he had a pretty bad first round but saying he finished 29th place so Benny on brought it back and uh, he's great tee to green um which is if if you can get if you can just get yourself to the green, you're not going to three putt at this course because the greens are relatively simple. I mean, it's Bermuda grass, and a lot of guys like that a lot better than Poa because it doesn't bump. And uh, his course history here, he's only played here two times recently, and he got fifth and thirty sixth. So I like Ben on. I know he can be risky, and he's probably got a seven or an eight written all over him that at least one hole of the tournament because he's just historically usually makes a big number, which takes him from the top 10 to like 40th place. But, you know, he can get hot too and make some birdies, but yeah, I'll be taking a chance on Benny on. And then, uh, yeah, Poulter scares me. Um, I know Ian Poulter is a lot better player than these guys, but I don't know. I just, I haven't seen it yet. And I mean, if I'm playing 20 lineups 
he'll probably make two of them. If I'm playing one lineup, he doesn't have any chance of making the team. So take what you want with that. And then, yeah, Charles Howell looks like he's withdrawn, <coughs> withdrawn from this tournament. And then, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like Ryan Palmer. I just feel like his driver's there. Um, he's in good form, solid form anyhow. And uh, he's, he's been making cuts. Oh, I guess I guess he hasn't. I guess he hasn't. I take that back. He missed the cut at Phoenix, and he did make it at Genesis. It looks like. Yeah, maybe maybe Ryan really Palmer's not the guy. Round. Yeah, yeah, really poor, really poor. Um, I mean, he's kind of the same thing with Poulter, where he, you know he'll probably make two teams. Uh, but I definitely don't love him. I really don't love any of these guys in this range, and then. Yeah, everybody else is basically a fade. I like Corey Connors just in the fact that I know he's one of the best iron players on the tour, and that's important here. Uh, Charles Schwartzel, if you're really throwing a dart, he's going to be low-owned just because he's way overpriced. Um, But at times he can be a world-class player. So, I mean, the guy has won the Masters before, so. Definitely take that into account. And he got 16th here last year, but I looked into it, and he just had a crazy week putting. He gained like five or six strokes. So in reality, he really didn't play that well outside of making a few lucky putts. But, hey, he's coming into this tournament with a fifth place at Pebble, but that was a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I'm definitely not going to advocate playing him. But, yeah, that does it for me. I, I really hate that range this week. And then – uh I'll yeah, start us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very volatile. I don't feel confident that anybody's going to make the cut. So I'm probably just going to avoid it. But then uh, moving on to the 7K, I'll, I'll kick us off. I got some plays that I really like. Um, yeah, this range is my favorite this week. Definitely. You know, we're going to pair a lot of these guys with, uh, like, you know, Fleetwood and Woodland at the top. So. Yeah, yeah, that that'll definitely be my most common build too. Some, you know, studs and then a couple of these scrubs. But uh, starting off, uh, I don't love this guy, but hey, I'm definitely gonna throw him on some teams. He's probably like my fifth, fourth, fifth favorite play in this range. But Harris English, seventy eight hundred. Uh, he's made the cut here all of the last three years, so he likes this course. Uh, he's coming in with having a nice season so far. Uh, got 16th back at Phoenix, but, hey, he hasn't played since. So not necessarily know what you're going to get with the guy, but he's checking the boxes in, in total driving. He checks it in scrambling. So Harris English, I definitely like him this week. And then moving on, uh, I like Vaughn Taylor. The stats aren't really backing me up on it, but I just, in my gut and in my eye test, I feel like Vaughn does good at tough tracks. And I feel like he's a grinder, and he's not going to let any strokes slip. So I just, I like Vaughn Taylor just based off my gut model. And then moving on to some of my favorite plays is uh, 7,400 Rory Sabatini. He's a great tough conditions player. Um he is let me see i wrote it down he is uh pretty solid in scrambling 
Uh, his driving hasn't been very good this year, which that has caused him to not play as good as he usually does. But, hey, he's still making the cuts regardless, or he's making his fair share of them for being a 7K guy. And then Rory's always a good iron player. You know, that's that's how he stays on the tour. And, yeah, like I said, you know, he's a grinder too. Um, tough conditions. He just seems to somehow play better than the field. So Rory Sabatini, I really like him this week. Um, his course history, he's made the cut here the last two years. He missed it the two years prior, but he's since figured it out, and he got 17th and 36th. And uh, he made cut at Genesis, which that's a tough course too. So, yeah, the guy just does it at the tough tracks. And then uh, Russell Henley, also 7,400. He's not one of my favorite plays, but I still like him because, you know, he he did really well at at uh, the Genesis Invitational, and he's really good at putting on Bermuda grass. That's his, definitely his favorite green green type, and. Uh, He's really good at this event, too. He's made the cut last three years. No worse than a 43rd finish. So, uh, Russell Henley, he'll definitely be making some of my teams. And then uh, I'm going with I – ha- I haven't played this guy this year, and I don't really know why. I know you love to play him, and that's uh, 7,300 Brian Harmon. Damn it, I'm going to pick him this week because the guy's just playing out of his mind right now. He's made the cuts every single time this year. He made it at Sony, got 32nd, 21st at AMX, 49th at Phoenix, and 47th at Genesis. So, shit, if he gets 40th place, I'll be happier and shit with the guy. And then uh, Keith Mitchell, I mean, he is defending champion, and I don't see why not he couldn't uh, – try to run and repeat it because Keith's in actually really good form. He got 16th at Phoenix and 32nd at Pebble. So Keith, I guess uh, his game is, is clicking and uh, he's trying to make a name for himself. And then um, probably uh, my favorite play of the week is uh 7,200 Lucas Glover. Lucas, he just loves this course. Uh, he's a Florida boy, so, uh, you know, he's been playing here 30 years of his life or so. Last three years, just incredible. 21st, 17th, and 4th. So Lucas loves this course. Um, sets up really nice for his game. He's a solid scrambler, even though the stats actually have him not very good at scrambling this year, but you know, in the long term, he's he is a good scrambler. Uh, he's great in total driving. He's ranked number ten on tour in that, so uh, he he can really do it all. Um, and uh, probably something a little bit controversial to say, but Lucas is coming here because you know he doesn't want his. Uh, his wife to get upset with him because when he plays bad, we all know that his wife doesn't like it. And uh, so Lucas, you know, if he's showing up to an event, he probably feels like, Hey, yeah. 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 If, if Lucas, Lucas uh, shows, shows up, up to, to an event, event 
you know, you know he's, he's feeling, feeling sad about it because he doesn't, doesn't want the wife to be upset, upset with him. And, uh, yeah, so I'm liking Lucas Glover. And then uh, Jim Furyk, uh, Grinder. What more do I have to say? He's born and raised Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, right around the corner. So Jim Furyk, you know, he hasn't been making the cuts this year. But I think each time that he missed the cut, he only missed it by a shot. So I feel like Jim's shaking off the rust. And, you know, he's an old man, so it probably takes him a little bit to get going. And what better uh, what better place to get going than a good old Florida swing kicking off at the Honda Classic. So I like Jimmy. And uh, then just some some fades. Like, obviously, I'm not going to be playing the guys that I didn't say, but just guys that I really don't recommend playing at all is uh, Kurt Kitayama. I'm not buying the hype with the guy. Uh, he doesn't really impress me so far, and I just kind of want to wait and see until he does it. And then uh, Harry Higgs. I know he's been having a good season, but, Hey, uh, like I said earlier, this is this is the Florida swing now. The West Coast swing is over, and uh, conditions change. So I uh, I don't like Harry Higgs, and uh, yeah, everybody else. I guess they're okay. I just like the guys that I said more. But uh, Joe, I know this is your favorite range too, so I'm curious to hear who you got. All right, so there's a ton of good plays, and it's going to be really tough for me to really find my favorites come Thursday. Um, but as my thoughts right now, um, you know, you can't – just first off, not that these are my favorite plays right now, but I just got to say this uh, so I don't forget here, but you cannot ignore Cameron Davis at 7,000 um, and also Matthew Naismith at 7,200. I mean, just look, their play, they are absolutely playing stellar this season, just posting solid, great finish after great finish. I mean, what more can I say if you're – I'm just basically mentioning because if you're weighing heavily on form, you know, in a tough track like this um, – you know, those guys could do it again, but uh, they've just been playing absolute lights out golf this year, and so has Maverick McNeely at 7,500. But to get into my favorite plays, um, you know, yeah, I have a lot of guys actually that you didn't mention, but I got to say it right away Lucas Glover, totally agree. Definitely, probably my favorite play of the week as well, just based on value and all that. Um, uh, you know, I love him at 7,200. Don't really have to say anything else. You touched on it all. You know, the guy, T4, T17, and T21 the last three years. So just obviously loves this course. He's a Florida boy, like you're saying. So obviously the guy, you know, he loves this course and plays really well here. And, you know, he, he's a cut maker. And so – I definitely like him at 7,200. It's just a value, and I feel like he'll do well this week. Um, <clears throat> other than that, uh, you didn't mention this guy, but I 
also he's came through for me in the past and he you know he can he checks a lot of the boxes and can play well and that's taylor gooch once again at 7200 the guy can strike the hell out of and you know just look at the genesis you know that was a really tough field and the farmer's insurance tough courses t uh 10th place there and then the farmer's insurance 36 and then you know making cuts at other turn besides you know the other few tournaments he's played this year so just other than that, what more can I say? The guy at only 7,200, just a great value. You can likely count on him to make the cut, and he also can easily con, uh, contend, you know, for, um, uh, you know, at least like a top 20 finish. And I believe last year he actually finished T20 here. So obviously and he's in great form, so I like him quite a bit, 7,200. And then you also can't ignore this guy here. He's literally – almost just as good as Ricky Fowler and he's a lot cheaper and he's almost as good as Fowler here and in Woodland and whatever else and that's that's uh Johnny Jonathan Vegas at seventy nine hundred. I mean the guy you know the last two years T sixteen and T four and just you know he just finished ninth the Puerto Rico which doesn't mean much. Um but the farmer's insurance, you know, a tough, really tough course there. He finished 30th. So, obviously, and this guy is really good with his irons, and he definitely can, you know, pin seek the hell out of it. And, you know, uh, just he could definitely make a lot of birdies sometimes. And he, So, I kind of like him at 7900 I think it's overpriced, though, based on his history. It's probably why he's priced this high. So, I mean, I guess you could almost say he could be an easy fade for that reason. Um but, you know, you can't ignore it. I mean, he obviously loves this course. So, you know, I'm I'm taking a look at him. I'm not sure if he'll make any of my teams or not. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, another guy that I kind of like a little bit is uh, Keegan Bradley. Um, you know, I kind of like him, actually, at 7,400. You know, I don't want to act like, you know, he doesn't, like, check every box. And his form's, you know, his form was really decent until he missed the cut the Genesis. But, you know, that's a whole different, like I said, now we're in Florida. I feel like he plays well at, you know, courses, uh, in the, you know, in the Florida area. Um, so I just kind of like Keegan Bradley. And I think he can, uh, you know, I think he can have a good week. I kind of feel good about him potentially. Uh I'm definitely going to think about it. Um, but, yeah, other than the guys I've already mentioned, you know, there's just so many plays that could potentially, you know, pay dividends for you and really do well. Um, obviously, like Sam Burns has had some really solid finishes here. You mentioned Jim Theoric, which I'm honestly personally not going to take a chance on him. You know, his last – just hasn't really – I just feel like he can't play with these guys anymore, unfortunately, and I just can't trust it. And just the upside, just not – even though I know he's had some really good finishes here even recently. But another guy I got to mention, same thing where he hasn't played a whole lot on this side of the um, – you know, on the U.S., but that's Matt Wallace. He's another grinder at 7,100. So, you know, I might take a shot on him potentially – but obviously, Keith Mitchell, defending champion, 7,300, you know, solid play, great form. I mean, Dot can be great with his irons. Uh, so I like him quite a bit. As far as Sabatini, 
You mentioned him. His form just isn't there lately, so I'm going to fade him this week, even though sometimes I really like to play him. Uh, you know, Russell Henley, I just feel like I can't trust him, but that could be a really big play for you if you – uh, you know, it's interesting for sure. Um, he could be really sneaky, actually. But Brian Harmon, yeah, I like to play him a lot. This week, I like him. I'm not sure if he's going to make my teams yet. Um, I just like Taylor Gooch and Glover a lot more, and they're a little cheaper, $100 cheaper. So I like them. Another guy that's playing really lights out lately, too, is uh, Sin Young Zhang at 7,000, um, you know, and like I said, Cameron Davis at 7,000 playing absolute lights out lately. Those guys, I might, they might make my team. I mean, probably not Zing, I guess, but Cameron Davis, I'm definitely considering him right now. Um, other than that, you know, obviously a lot of these guys could do well. Another guy that I thought about for a while, but I feel like I might fade him now, and that's Russell Knox. Even though he checks a lot of boxes, I just – Lately, he's kind of been, you know, a couple bad finishes in a row, a couple missed cuts, I should say. And then before that, he was really red hot. So he could find it again this week, um, but I'm just not – I don't think I'm there. Um, Matthew Wolf, same thing. A couple missed cuts in a row. He's just not there either, and I can't – I don't think he sets up great. Harris English, you know, I kind of agree with you. I, I'm kind of looking at him. I just feel like he's a little overpriced. I don't know. I can just pay a lot. Like I said, I, I just really – I know I said I really love this range, which I do. It's just that I'm trying to narrow it down for you guys. But my favorite plays, though, clearly at this moment are Gooch and Glover. Um, but I, I'm kind of starting to like Cameron Davis maybe, honestly, which I've never even played him before in a lineup. But I just can't ignore it. Um you know, Vaughn Taylor's interesting as well. You know, that could be kind of like that. Um, everyone else is basically fades for me. I just can't – either I can't trust them or they don't set up well or their history sucks here. or So you just don't – you know, all – it's any – you know, obviously just fades for me. So, yeah, that's really it. I mean, I basically mentioned – you know, if I didn't mention them, it's just because they're just a fade for me. But, yeah. That's all I got for the 7K range, so I guess I'll let you finish this off here. Um, what's your thoughts on the 6K range? Is there any diamonds in the rough like I uh, happen, you know, happened to find last week? Yeah, so normally I uh, steer clear of this. This week I actually kind of like it, and uh, I just got a few plays, so everybody that I don't say is a fade. But, um, yeah, starting off, I uh, really like it. Uh, I think sixty nine hundred is. Where is he? Is a uh, Nick Watney? Yeah, sixty nine hundred. Nick Watney. Um, he's uh, checking the box and strokes gained approach. Uh, his par four scoring is pretty solid. His driving is pretty solid. And then uh, his scrambling isn't super good. But, uh, you know, he's uh, he's made the cut here the last three years in a row. So I guess he can uh, work his way around here without 
about too many problems. Uh, his recent form, though, however, is a big question mark. But, you know, for, for the guy that's cheap, you know, everybody's uh, going to have something wrong with him. But additionally, I also uh, would be willing to play Scott Stallings at 6,800. I feel like Scott's a great iron player. Um, he's made the cut here last two times that he played, and he got 29th and 21st. So Scott is uh, – he is uh, definitely definitely a Florida player. Uh, I know that he usually does well at some of these courses like Bay Hill and he can sometimes pop at the players. Um, but his, his recent form is definitely a little bit shaky too. He's missed his last two cuts. But he made the two cuts before that. And then the two cuts that he did miss at Pebble and uh, Genesis, he only missed it by a shot each time, so... You know, basically, you know, if he would have had one shot better, he would have made the cut, and we would be saying he, saying uh, all these positive stuff about him. So, yeah, Scott Stallings, I like him. And uh, other than that, I really don't like many of these other guys. Uh, Tom Hoagie, will the Hoagie train continue to roll? I don't know, but I'm not going to play him. Uh, Stuart Sink, somehow the guy just – gets around this course i mean he's made the cut here three of the last four years so and he did make his his last cut at uh his last two cuts at farmers and pebble so i guess you know when Stuart sink plays he's kind of like steve stricker when when those old guys play you know they must be feeling good about their game and uh yeah otherwise this range uh it's pretty scary. You just you're just really hoping, you know. You probably got a fifteen percent chance to make the cut from these guys. So, um, yeah, it's volatile. Uh, but with with uh, what I've seen this year, Sebastian Kaplan is actually playing pretty good golf. He's sixty four hundred, so I wouldn't mind him. And uh, Luke Donald, I mean sixty two hundred. He's a European player used to playing in the wind. Um, he, I mean, I guess he could do it. And then, uh, Camilo Vajegas, he's a uh, 6,500. He's actually, this is probably his best course on tour. So I guess the guy does like it here. So if you're looking for a cheapie and, uh, yeah, that's, that's really about it. I don't, I don't want to go in this range if I have to, just cause I like the seven K so much more. Um, but uh, one more guy that I will say before I turn, Kyrdek Apabarnrat. Um, sometimes the guy can just get hot, and you know he he can uh, sometimes get in like the top ten. So don't be shocked if you see him up there, but also don't be shocked if uh, he just plays like shit. But yeah, who do you got? All right, so for me. Yeah, we're kind of in agreement on some plays, but uh, yeah, there's really not a whole lot down here. I'm even worth risking. Like last week, I really narrowed it down to two guys, and they both worked out great. But this week, trying to do the same thing, I guess. Um, I am gonna. You might laugh at this one, but I am gonna ride the Tom Hoagie train, boys, at 6,900. I I don't know. I feel like he's gonna play well again. At the very least, probably make the cut and shit. 
He might contend at the top. He's done it already this year, so why not take a chance with Tom Hoagie down here in this range? Because there's just not nothing. Uh, you know, other than that, I don't have really a lot else to say. But I just, you know, he's just its main thing is his form. So that's why I just like that's what it really is at this range usually, unless they pop. Well, I mean, he pops in some stats for sure. He actually is really good at scrambling this year. And his approach has been, stroke scan approach, he's been really good at that as well. So that's why I do like him a lot in the form, though. Another guy at 6,900 as well, you know, solid form lately. Uh, you know, I might play him. Uh, Henrik Norlander, that's really all I got to say. <clears throat> um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I might take a shot on him. Other than that, I'm dropping down here now. Just really nothing. Uh, I'm trying to find the other. Uh, there's a couple more, but this guy's came through me in the past. He hasn't played in a month now, but he really came through for me in January, and that's John Ha at 6,300. Want to take a shot on him? I mean, look this year. Three weeks in a row in January, 48, 45th, and 40th finish. So he's making the cut, and he's posting us a really solid finish, and for this price, That'd be great this week, you know. So I might take another shot on him. He played, you know, played well. Uh, I got to look more into see if he really fits the stats. But, you know, I might consider playing him with, like, you know, if I pair Fleetwood and, you know, uh, maybe – well, I know I said I was going to fade him, but if I decide to play Fowler in a lineup or, you know, whatever. So maybe I'll have to pay for him way down here. So who knows? I kind of like him. He's definitely my favorite guy that's under 6,500. The only guy I'm even considering. Um, but another guy, I feel like there was one other guy. I don't know. I'm not seeing him. I thought there was one other one. Uh, yeah, it's just really not. You know, some of these guys have played pretty well recently. I mean, okay, like making cuts, but I just can't trust them. Um, yeah, Kaplan, I agree with you. He's been playing really solid golf this year for, you know, his – so, you know, he's interesting um, at 6,400. Well, yeah, other than that, I thought – I guess I – one other guy – yeah, I mean, I guess that's it for me. I don't – I'm just scrolling through one more time. I mean, Oppenheim, he's had a decent year, but I can't trust him. You know, Kevin Tway, he's probably one of the better players down here, but I I just can't trust him. And then <laughs> this son of a gun, Ted Potter. I mean, I, I can never play him, but sometimes he does really well, so – you know, who knows, but other than that, yeah, I'm just not interested in any of these other guys, so yeah, that's all I got um, for the 6K range, so uh, I guess, Nick, if you want to, I'll turn things over to you quick, do you have any uh, guys you or that you like for outright bets this week at all? Yeah, um, I like Fowler, he seems to be in the books around... Oh, 12 to 1, maybe 14 to 1 if you're lucky. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to be playing some long shots. Uh, like Lucas Glover, I found him at 70 to 1. So I like that. Um, 
I kind of like uh, Vaughn Taylor at 80 to 1, and Russell Henley, 100 to 1, and then uh, Brian Harmon, 75 to 1. So those are going to be my plays, but, you know, that's really not my forte to do uh, outrights. I'm just, I guess I'm just not very good at it. So I'll read it. So people should probably listen to your picks a lot more than mine. So who do you got? All right, well, for some long shots, Kane Nor, like I said, Tom Hoagie, 125 to 1, I'm seeing. Why not take a, you know, throw five bucks on that? Um, or Cameron Davis, 125 to 1. You know, he could contend potentially. He's had, obviously, like I said, in great form. And then another guy. Taylor Gooch at 100 to 1. I'm probably going to, honestly, I know he hasn't really, I don't even know if he's won on the PGA Tour. I guess probably not. But I will maybe throw some money on that. I think that's a decent value for this field. And, you know, I mean, maybe he'll somehow do it. I don't know. Uh, Other than that, Lucas Glover at 80 to 1. I kind of like that. Um, obviously it's different as far as outrights because this is to win. Jonathan Vegas, Keegan Bradley, both at 80 to 1. Okay plays there. I consider those. Uh, honestly, I'm probably going to – Corey Connors, 66 to 1. Um, that I'm seeing him at. JT Poston, 50 to 1. Wow, I don't know about this, but – well – Eric Van Royen, 40 to 1. I actually kind of like that if I decide that I really like him this week. You know, that could be a value uh, potentially. And, but uh, yeah, I just really like, I'm going to probably just honestly, I, I think I'm going to bet on someone at the top and just put all my marbles in one basket, maybe like a guy at the bottom. Um, one of those long shots I already said. But yeah, Shane Lowry, 33 to 1. I honestly might bet on that just as a, or Berger, 33-1. to one. Uh, Just because if I'm going to bet at someone at the top, it's going to be uh, Fleetwood or Woodland. Um, yeah, I like Woodlands. Basically, yeah, I'm going to either Lowry or Woodland I'm going to bet on probably. Maybe both of them, but if I did, that'd be it. Other than like another long shot if I decide to. But I didn't bet on anyone outright last week. Actually, I did bet on one Kisner, but he was 100-1. to one. I just couldn't pass that up, but didn't work out but uh yeah that's really all i got for outright so yeah that does it for uh this podcast this week uh, uh i guess do you have any final thoughts you want to say nick uh at all? yeah i just kind of want to um say something that i've really liked about the golf this year and then something that's been really frustrating so thing that i uh that i've really liked about this year is um I really like how uh, how the tournaments have played out. I mean, we've had a lot of exciting finishes. You know, we had uh, Webb and Finau dueling it out in Phoenix, and we had a few playoffs before that. I think there was like three out of the first four tournaments. There was, and then we had one nowhere and surpassed Rom and Rory, who. One of those two is going to get the job done at the Farmers. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, Webb and Fino. And then 
a great tournament at Riviera for the Genesis. You know, there's a bunch of guys in the mix at the end. And then uh, last week was the most exciting one yet. So definitely just uh, oh, yeah. the, the way the tournaments have played out has been really exciting as a viewer. But uh, something that's that's really pissed me off about it this year more than any other year is just the quality answers. Uh, I'm really disappointed Cord got let go from CBS and I, I thought they did a great job and made the game fun to watch and uh, it's just instances have been ridiculous this year and I'm sure everyone kind of feels the same way. I've been hearing some buzz around it is uh, well one example was uh, just a few weeks ago Rory whatever just just off the green in the rough and you know it looks like he kind of chilly dips it ends up being a great shot Dottie Pepper says oh he just you know he just uh, stubbed it complete stub and then it ends up two feet away from the hole which you know I know everybody can make a mistake but Come on, Dottie. I mean, she should have been around that hole the entire day watching it and knowing what the ball was going to do. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's yeah. just one example. But And then another thing was last week, you know, and that, this wasn't CBS. This was NBC. It was uh, Paul Azinger. I mean, I just feel like the guy's just too nice. And he keeps saying everybody's got just a great swing. A great swing. You don't got to remind us. Because to the average person, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, just one comment he made at the end of the tournament, just really grinded my gears, was uh, Patrick Reed on the 18th hole. Uh, you know, he terrible drive, but then he punched out to the fairway, hit the green, and needed two putts to make bogey and win the tournament by one shot over Bryson. And, you know, when he hit the green, he was like, I think actually he was like 34 feet away and Zinger says, Oh, you know, this is, this is a no easy two putt from here. I mean, come on. It was, it was 34 feet. Yeah. It was an easy two putt. He's just, I mean, that was just a stupid comment. I thought, and, and he said the same thing, the very whole before with DeChambeau on uh, the 17th green, which that one really wasn't an easy two putt. That was about 60 feet away. But then it's like, come on, dude. You don't got to say it's no easy two-putt. This thing's all over. Patrick Reed won it. So, yeah, I just feel like the announcers, just they're just not doing a good job. I, I'm not a fan of Davis Love on the mic. I just feel like he's really boring. And I'll tell you what, the Masters when it's Cernic, Valdo, and, uh, um, and Jim Nance, I mean – you know, that'll be obviously the best tournament of the year, as everyone usually thinks. But other than that, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, really looking forward to this week. Obviously, last week was the best week we've had in a while. Um, you know, and we got a stretch here of great tournaments, uh, you know. Um, we got the Arnold Parmel Invitational next week at Bay Hill, which is a solid one for sure. Then the Players, then the Bellstar. And then after that, 
obviously it's kind of three weeks in a row of kind of boring tournaments to be honest and that but yeah then obviously the masters and then another swing of solid tournaments before the other uh majors so yeah you know golf's getting right in the heart of golf season now and see what happens and there's a lot of positives and can take away from everything we've seen so far but also like you mentioned a lot of negatives so yeah we'll uh we'll be back with you next week for the arnold palmer invitational bay hill but let's hopefully have another solid week uh and you know make some more money and enjoy you know professional golf so that's all i got thanks for listening to the no bs dms podcast and uh you know, I, I noticed, too, I want to mention a lot of a lot more five-star reviews on uh, iTunes. Just keep that up, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, hope you enjoy our podcast that we do every week. So we'll see you next week for Bay Hill. See ya. See ya. See ya.